Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabot & Co. here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, gather around, children. It's time for Rabot & Co. here on a Thursday edition of the show, ESPN 680, 105.7. Zach Cantrell out. Illness, I'm told. Hungover, not told. Unsure. Zach Cantrell out. Random producers throughout the day. James Black getting us started here. Appreciate his efforts. 437-9680 on our UPS Jobs text line if you would like to jump in today. Uh, ben Roberts' usual spot, 1020 uh, on our air. We'll get, an uh, as I put on Twitter, a status check on UK hoops. Uh, <laughs> Vandy was supposed to be the helper game, and then it wasn't. And then Ole Miss is supposed to be the helper game. Is it the one that gets them back on track? Uh, his colleague John Clay says no. Uh, which is fascinating. It's not enough. Uh, we will talk about that uh, more as we move on uh, today. Jay Davis will join at 11 in his usual spot as well on Thursday. He's presented by Lana Sports. Our friend uh, Ben Roberts, of course, presented by our friends over at Martini Italian Bistro, Martini Louisville.com. Uh, uh, we got some fun stuff to get into, but just a bubble watch talk with Jay Davis today. I'm getting, we're at the point in the season, and I know because we're here in this market, once in a while we we have to. Step outside of what we do here, <laughs> because if we were doing bubble watch, we, we wouldn't really be doing bubble watch, right? Uh, because Louisville's not going to make the tournament, and um, not at least on this, you know, on the resume. They, I guess they could go on a, a miracle run in the in the ACC tournament if they qualify, and um, you know, Kentucky is what it is. IU is probably outside looking in right now at this point uh, on the bubble watch as well. But we will get to that. Uh, the big Big Ten commissioner said something legitimately fascinating about what he wants for his league and it terrified me a little bit as a big 10 guy (laughs) and um you know we'll get into uh many many other things uh today but i wanted to open uh with this big 10 commissioner report and and it's it's a sit down his known his name by the way is tony petiti he's the new uh he's a new athletic director for i guess the new commissioner excuse me for the big 10 he sits down with ESPN.com, and he does a huge interview about you know realignment, his new schools coming in from the West Coast, from L.A., from Oregon, from Washington. And he says, quote, we've got some work to do to figure out what the future model is because obviously it has real impact on your regular season. You want to make sure that your teams have the ability to have a breakout season and qualify, talking about the CFP here, and we also have to be realistic about what you what should get you access in terms of number of wins. Look, we want meaningful games late in the season. We want fans to think that you know a game in the second week of November, even if you've lost two or three games, still has a lot of value. That's the goal. 
And it's interesting how he talks about it because in that, you could hear that and you could hear a man saying, we just want to have meaningful games in November because we're going to have this 12-team playoff. And if you've lost a couple, if you're 9-2 and going into your last game, for example, being 10-2 and is probably going to be okay if you are near the top of the Big Ten is, is the concept here. But really what it is is, quote, November schedules packed with games that carry CFP implications like many of the professional leagues do. Now, some of this, you know, it comes down to, you know, they talk about flexing games in the NFL, moving games to Sunday night football, that kind of thing. Essentially, Petitti wants to do that with the entirety of the Big Ten schedule. Make those games ahead of time. Now, it's very difficult in a transfer portal era, in an NIL era, to try to predict who are going to be at the top of the conference come November, frankly, in any league. I don't know that many people had Louisville winning 10 games last year. I don't think they did. And can we be sure in this case that the Big Ten can line up who the very best teams are going to be? Quote, when you're as deep as we are, we've got to do things to make sure that we have the access to the postseason that we think we deserve. It has to be earned on the field. I'm a big believer in that. And that helps your regular season. More teams playing more meaningful games later in the season. I think we still can do more there. And a reminder that when these commissioners in the Big Ten and in the SEC, for example, especially between Petiti and our guy Stanky, man, this is about money. And remember, qualifying for these things is money. It's why the bowl games in earnest won't ever go away. There's money. It's why... In this case, talking about the CFP, if you think 12 teams is where they're going to stop, you are sorely mistaken. And that's really what we're learning. This is the brand new commissioner of the Big Ten. They didn't hire an athletic director. They didn't hire a former coach. They didn't hire someone out of business school with a sports administration degree. They hired a TV executive. In the Big Ten, the, the conference that lectured us for years about academics, about being an AAU school. It's an academic thing, I promise. Not not a, not a uh, little kid basketball thing. And they lectured us for years about it. Oh, we can't have this school enter the conference. They're not academically strong enough. And they used that, guys, when they expanded recently. But now that's done. It's done. You hire a guy like Petiti, you're just hiring a TV executive. And then he comes out and he says this thing, and, and it's confirmation of that. But I bring this up because there's always the conversation about expanding the NCAA tournament. And with I was on with Strebel on Tuesday, and I said, I think we're past the point of this just being a hypothetical conversation. And now I know it. Because of Tony Petitti saying these things about the CFP, then clearly he thinks it about the NCAA tournament as well. And t- look, if they expand, the Big Ten's getting two more teams in that group. They just are, two or three. It's how it's going to work. The expansion isn't going to help Drake. It isn't going to help Northern Iowa. It isn't going to help Southern Indiana. It isn't going to help Evansville. It isn't going to help Austin P. Let's go P. It isn't that at all. That's not who's going to get helped by this. Expanding these things helps the guys at the top. And that's where we are. Is that a guy like Tony Petiti, who comes out of a TV job, takes over the Big Ten job, 
and is clearly just thinking about that. How do I get more money in the coffers of my of my athletic directors? And this is about the final step of the end of this era of, of amateur athletics in the NCAA. Four three seven nine six eighty is our UPS jobs text line. Oh, Louis, that already happened with NIL. Okay, maybe. Oh, Louis, that already happened with a lot of the the conference realignment that we've seen. Maybe. But when college football becomes purely, and I mean purely because that's where we're getting, a television-made product, then that's the end <laughs> of what we've known before. It doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean it's any less fun. It doesn't mean you can't go tailgate. It doesn't mean you can't go throw on your red or your blue or your, your crimson, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that. But boy, it's, it's a radical change, and I can't remember an era, even studying historically, where athletics changed as quickly as they have the last 15, 20 years. Stunning. And and the Big Ten is right there at the head of it, pushing these things along. I, I will be interested if they are able to pull this back, because I don't think they can. We see these, you know, these NIL lawsuits in Tennessee and Virginia and different places. I don't know if James Black's still in here. I don't know if James saw this, but they had the, the Tennessee fans rented a <laughs> a forklift essentially and hung a Tennessee flag in front of a courthouse. <laughs> What a, what a time to be alive. What an absolute time to be alive. But we have just, we've pushed these things down, man. And, and Petiti here, they will be meeting in uh, Dallas on, on the 21st of December, or excuse me, of February, excuse me, to vote on the format of this 12-team playoff. The other part that I wanted to get to, and this is where it affects Louisville potentially. What Petiti says, when we're as deep as we are, We've got to do things to make sure that we have the access to the postseason that we think we deserve. It has to be earned on the field. It's an interesting turn of phrase from Mr. Petiti. Because I think what he's telling you is, I don't want automatic qualifiers. Just give me the 12 best teams. That gives me another shot at an automatic qualifying spot that we didn't have before. Frankly, it gives him a shot at three of them. If they remove that group of five team, if they remove the ACC champion and they remove the Big 12 champion, those are three spots that simply he could not get before. His conference could not qualify for. And if you take away the SEC one, technically that is another spot that the Big Ten could pick up. Now my sense is that the SEC is going to put a good team in that spot. (laughs) Essentially every year. Maybe one every five years or so won't be a great team that wins the SEC title. I don't know. But I think for the foreseeable future, you're going to get a good SEC team in there. But just reading this and hearing his words, he's so explicit about it. It's so obvious that the move for him is to have eyeballs on televisions in November. That's it. That's the move here, is ratings and getting as many teams in the CFP as possible. Now, on that second part, on qualifying as many teams for the CFP as possible, that is part of his job as commissioner. No question. No question. So this isn't criticism This is an outright criticism of what he's trying to do. I understand why he's doing it the way he is and why he would want a 16-team playoff, for example, rather than 12. Maybe even 20, 24, something like that. I think we need to be ready for it because the more teams that can qualify, the more likely it is that they're going to come from those places like the SEC, like the Big Ten, those high-level conferences. We did this exercise right before the selection committee left Florida State out of the Final Four, out of CFP altogether. 
And of the 15 top-ranked teams in that ranking, Florida State and Louisville were the only top teams not from the Big Ten and from the SEC. And so when you go to this meeting, and if you're Petiti, if you are Stanky, and yes, I'm saying Stanky on purpose, <laughs> may you look at that ranking from last season, you don't think, oh, you know what? We need to make sure Boise State gets in here. We need to make sure that Utah State is represented here. We need to make damn sure that Clemson has an easy path to the CFP. That's not what you think. You think Clemson's done. I got better teams than that. You think, yeah, Florida State, they're all right. We got better teams than that. Louisville? No way. We got better teams than that. That's what the thought process is. So Josh heard the folks at the ACC, they got a job here, and the job is to protect that qualifying spot in the CFP for sure. You want to make sure that that ACC spot is there. No question. A very unlikely scenario that Louisville say 10th in the country and doesn't qualify for the ACC championship game. Very unlikely. So you need to make sure that that spot is there, that it's available. Kentucky is what it is. They're in the SEC. They're protected on the football side. It's not a big deal. But on the, in, the, in the case of Louisville, they need to be careful here. This kind of This is very brash talk, and this is not Sankey. This is not the SEC side of it. This is a man who sounds a lot like Sankey, except that he's got the Big Ten. Now he's got the West Coast. He's got all kinds of things in his arsenal that he's ready to fire that other conferences simply don't have. And that's where I would be concerned, is looking at that, trying to figure out where that's going to go moving forward. I'm Louis Rabot at Radio Louis on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, you can find uh, you can find the station at ESPN six eighty. Of course, Texas in four three seven nine six eighty. Let's go pee. Haha. <laughs> Louis gets his take at, takes at the pee store in your face, Charlie Murphy. That's a good line. Appreciate you very much. I um, but just the open nature of talking about these things, just being so open about. Hey, we need to get as many of our teams in as possible. Again, it's his job in the same way that it's Goodell's job to make a ton of money and to take all of the arrows for all of the ownership. In the NFL. I mean, I'll tell you how good Goodell is. I mean, Jim Irsay essentially was found non-responsive of a drug overdose. He's one of his owners, and no one overreacted to it. (laughs) It barely made any news. They hid it for like three weeks, and then he waited another like 15 days to say anything at all. That's how good Goodell is. That's what I know. And he gets paid like 40 million bucks a year to take all the slings and arrows. It's probably not a bad gig. But this Tony Petitti, man, this is stuff. This is interesting. This is different than what we've been dealing with in the past. Because even when they talk about going to 12, he's already talking about, hey, we got to make sure we get all of our teams in. We got to figure out, quote, we got to figure out what the future model is because obviously it has a real impact on your regular season. Future model. I don't think he's just talking about the fall. I don't think he's just talking about the 12 team. Future model, I think, means much more than that. We'll see how that goes. Tanner has made his way in. He's uh, playing with his mustache like usual. Tan man, how are things? <laughs> Not used to the 680 side. How about um, that? Yeah, there you go. Oh, no, you ain't got a Bob show. What am I saying? You're used to yeah, the uh, James texted me at 845 <laughs> or called me, and he was like, I need you to open up Louis' show. And I was like, I got you. 
I was still on on the bed at the time, so I slowly <laughs> closed back my eyes, opened up at ten o'clock, and yeah, speed, sped Oops. over here. <laughs> there you go. Um, we will uh, talk to Ben Roberts in about five minutes. I will make sure you have that phone number, uh, and then um, yeah, it just I, it it just so came across as as not only is TV the priority, but the Big Ten and the SEC are going to start to really try to push other conferences out of the way, and in the same way that. You know, when realignment was happening and there was talk about, you know, teams, quote unquote, getting left out. I know it's not a great conversation around here, but, you know, certain programs around here are largely protected from these kinds of conversations. Kentucky basketball is protected from these kinds of conversations. Louisville basketball should be, and I'm hopeful that it will be. I mean, historically it is. So hopefully, you know, very soon it will be again. But, you know, these things change over time. And it's not the easiest landscape to navigate if you're in the spot that Louisville's in, unfortunately. On the basketball side, at least. Texture, I can't believe you didn't open the show with Detroit Mercy. Look, sometimes there are great feats of basketball, and then last night was one of those. In your face, IUPUI. (laughs) Is that the longest bus trip ever? Detroit to Indianapolis, losing to the 0-22 Detroit Titans? I love that stuff, man. I love that stuff. I got a retweet from a former uh, Detroit Mercy player who now plays professionally in Western Australia. (laughs) Oh, the world is flat. The old sports world is flat. That's how that goes. Man, oh, man. (sighs) Boy, oh, boy. Ben Roberts in a couple minutes. We'll talk UK basketball. If you have questions for Ben, please text those in. Uh, another text coming. Louis, how are you texting Detroit Mercy's big win from last night? The best one in 26 team in the country. You damn right they are. You damn right. You talk one in 26 teams, you get out of the way. Mike Davis is going to push you out of the way. You understand me? <laughs> oh, man. Texter Blankenbaker always makes fun of the UK fans and their SEC chants. But that's the mentality that the Big Ten and SEC are using. The ACC is too busy bickering over women's basketball officials. And on the same day, the Big Ten is planning world domination. I. This doesn't sound wrong to me. And I and I I, I do think Blake Baker would agree that Jim Phillips ain't the dude. <laughs> and he's the one who's going to that vote. They'd really, really, really hope that he's able to get his voice heard in that room, man. I, I gotta say, it's just texture asking, did I see the one man court storm in Detroit? Well, all of the fans went on the court. Yes. The fan. All of the fans went on the court. <laughs> Y'all haven't y'all haven't spent time up at UDM. Y'all haven't been to Callahan Hall. That ain't exactly a spot you go. Uh weeknight games against IUPUI. Uh celebrations. Uh I'm I'm enjoying some uh cold brew coffee. Tanner, would you like some of my cold brew coffee this morning? Would that help you wake up? I know you like the stock stuff. How about that? There you go. All right, I'm getting a nod there at least. Well, let's take a break here. We'll get Ben in here. Uh we'll talk UK. I had a lot of questions about sort of the general trajectory of what's going on in Lexington because I feel like we did this show a lot last year where the team sputtered a bit at this time of year. I told Dan they were going to be a 10 seed. Dan said, no, 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 they're going to be much better than that. And then they ended up being better than that. Are we just seeing some kind of repeat of that this year? I'm just not sure. But we will ask Ben next. He's presented by our friends at Martini Italian Bistro, martinilouisville.com. We talked to Ben Roberts next from the Herald Leader here on ESPN 680, 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. 
with Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. It is the 10 o'clock hour on a Thursday edition of Rabo and Co. ESPN 680-1057. A reminder, some things happening around the station, including uh, tons of great basketball coverage uh, on our air, whether it be play-by-play or it be a post-game show. Make sure that you are tuned in here. Louisville Women's Basketball visits Boston College tonight. That's a 7 o'clock tip, so we'll have the pregame at 6.30 across the hall on 93.9 The Villain. Of course, Saturday, big one for Kentucky. We'll have that for Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post-game show around 8, 8.15, 8.30, something like that. Uh, go sign up for that tag on their website. We bring in Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader uh, at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter, Kentucky.com uh, slash sports for all the happenings down there. Ben, good morning. Uh, you have an interesting team to follow how about that uh yeah for the for the second year in a row <laughs> that's right man oh man okay so you took me straight into where i wanted this conversation to go um last year dan and i had a bet that kentucky would either be a double digit seed or better than a double digit seed at about this time of year <laughs> and we were uh, i was very concerned that they were sliding in the wrong direction dan was concerned uh that i was concerned and so uh are we just doing this all over again and this is going to be a general theme now you're, you're talking to a guy and i apologize to everyone listening who went to michigan state and watches Izzo every january start like one and three in the conference <laughs> and then the team is fine and they seem to be doing a touch of that this year are we just seeing that sort of generally now with john calipari teams or is there something different with this year's team um i mean i think the difference with this year's team is they you know last year's team obviously was top five preseason um nationally but i think once people started watching them early early in the season right uh, there was some concern that that they weren't quite that good, which obviously they weren't. I think the difference with this year's team is um, you could see that kind of that greatness getting ready to pop. It seemed like, and then it did. Uh, and this team is so much more fun to watch for fans, and I think fans have also gravitated to this team a lot more. They, uh, you know, I, I see it all the time. Uh, social media responses to my tweets, people I talk to. Um, that they just really love these players. Uh, that it's, it's kind of a lovable group um, across the board, and, and they are even more invested in wanting them to do well. Uh, so I think this this recent stretch has kind of hurt people in that way, um, that, that they don't want to see these guys lose or, or suffer. Um, and as far as is it going to be an every-year thing, I mean, if the SEC continues to be this good, I yeah, think it right. will be. Anybody who watched that Auburn-South Carolina game last night, uh, if you're a Kentucky fan, uh, you're probably a little nervous going into to Saturday night uh, if you saw that one, and then obviously you got you got Alabama coming to town next weekend. A tough trip to Mississippi State, um, and then then Tennessee at the end. And the LSU game's not going to be any pushover either. I mean that that's 
I would imagine the line on that one's going to be pretty short. Ben Roberts with us at Ben Roberts HL uh, on Twitter. He covers the Kentucky Wildcats men's basketball team down there at the Herald Leader. Uh, we, you know, it's something we do in sports, and I'm not picking on you or anyone else. I promise. Is that uh, when a team does hit a skid and then they win, we try to figure out if that's the game that has righted the ship or not, yeah. and we call it lots of different things: bounce back game, um, you know, uh, turner turning point win, whatever you want to call it. Um, is there any chance that it was a turning point win the other day, just that the defensive effort seemed better? Maybe not the execution of the defense, but at least the effort was better uh, the other night against Ole Miss. Any chance that this was a turning point? You mentioned how difficult the games are coming up, and so maybe we're not going to be able to measure that as well. But any chance it was a turning point against Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a chance it was a breakthrough to some extent. I still don't really ever see this team being like a, you know a top 25 top 30 defense nationally um i just don't think they have the physicality um they have the experience to do something like that but they don't you know i i don't i don't know about the percentages i don't know if i if i agree with with cal that they need to get eight to ten percent better and they'll make a run but i do think they 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 only need to get so much better because the offense is so good to to put themselves in a good position in March, and it's just a matter of getting there. And I, and I thought I thought Tuesday night was a really good step in that direction. Um, and, you know, when you're watching that game, you see how Reed and Rob and DJ were getting more up into, into ball handlers away from the basket and putting a lot of pressure on them. And then I asked Kyle after the game, and that way he cut off my question and said pressure was the thing that he liked mm. about the defense. Yep. And then Reed talked about that they'd really started doing that a lot more in practice the previous two days. So, I mean, that was apparent. And if they can do that, and if they can have Ugana and Yinto back there to clean up shots, if they can have guys like Adu, um, you know, to help out there, and guys like Antonio Reeves to crash the boards, which he did a really good job of Tuesday night. I, I think that collective effort, if it all comes together on a nightly basis, uh, will would be enough to to put this team in a position to make a run. And then, but on top of that, you still got to get lucky in games. You still have to have shots fall. I mean, there's there's a lot that has to happen in March. But for this team, a competent defense uh, is going to be the foundation of of, of uh, you know any success they have there. Ben Roberts with us. He's presented by our friends at Martini Italian Bistro, MartiniLouisville.com. Check them out. Lunch, brunch, dinner, uh, happy hour. They got it all for you over there. Catering, everything. Uh, go check them out. MartiniLouisville.com. Uh, how much of this is an indictment on Calipari himself uh, that it appears it was largely an effort issue on defense uh, rather than some kind of X's and O's and or scheme watching tape sort of issue. I get that you need to criticize players for their lack of effort or seeming lack of effort on one of the ends of the court. But at what point does that fall back on the coach? I'm interested in Ben Roberts thought on that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too quick to blame Cal for that. Uh, If you're going to blame him for that, I think you blame him for, his roster construction of this team you know it's 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 really hard to get freshmen who are as good offensively as these freshmen are who are also going to dive on the board dive on the floor for loose balls crash into guys bang around in in the paint it's just those two things don't really match um at that age it's you know it's really really difficult to find like a bunch of Julius Randles out there, they're they're not out there. Um, you, you get you, you usually get one or the other, 
Um, and it's really hard to get you know one of those two things with young players. Uh, so I mean, he he recruited this team. He put together this bunch. Obviously, uh, he's got some really good offensive players, and then you know his two veteran players are also great college basketball players, possible NBA players. But they're not. I mean, Trey Mitchell can be physical, but that's not his game. And Antonio Reeves can go down and get rebounds, but that hasn't been his game in the past. Um, these these are more. I don't want to say they're finesse players, but. But these are kind of the skilled guys who, who kind of have the same mentality as the freshmen do. Um, maybe not Trey to, to that extent. But, I, you know, I, it's, it's you know, if you get what everybody wants with this team, with, with, the, with the flying around and, and getting on the floor and all that, I, I think you surrender quite a bit uh, offensively right. if you're talking about a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds. I get a lot of texts like this uh, essentially saying that Cal just needs to put his best – offensive team out there one to four and then leave the five guy to to you know do the dirty work on defense um is that a is that a plausible way moving forward because i think what you closed with there is very true by the way that if you up the defensive effort the offensive numbers are probably going to go down i think that's just a a normal way of things in basketball um is there what do you think Cal ends up doing? Because I think what you and I think sort of doesn't matter, obviously. But what do you think Cal ends up doing as far as this team going forward? Did, do you think he liked how they played the other night, or does he want to see something different? I think he liked how they, how they played. I think he does want to see some of these more guys he sees at this point in the season as blue guys, like a Justin Edwards, to, to get on the floor more. I mean, he said that. You know, I, I think he wants to see, you know, everybody dive on the floor more I, I think he knows I mean what I just said I, I think he knows that's that's not necessary they're not necessarily wired that way yet and that doesn't mean they they wouldn't be when they you know when they start maturing and and uh get a little older and get a little bit more experience um and maybe some of that comes over the, the course of the next few weeks um you know as far as what he'll do uh, I think he I think he showed what he's planning to do um, some Tuesday night. I, I think he'd like to go to an eight-man rotation. I, I think the you know the the upside of Aaron Bradshaw kind of um, messes with that a little bit because I know he wants to get him out on the court and, and you know if they can get him sparked and make him a, a bigger piece of this team down the stretch. I, I think that's really huge. And obviously he's not going to do that if, if he doesn't get opportunities. So you know I know he wants to get Jordan Burks in the game, but I, I don't. I don't see that happening, barring injury, uh, you know, to a great degree. I, you know, I know he wants to give Z some more chances, but they clearly feel like yeah, he's right. a defensive liability at this point against good teams, and that's all they're going to face down the stretch. So, if, if it were up to Cal, I think he would, and he wasn't going to, you know, rock any boats or hurt anybody's feelings. Not that he's really concerned with that, but um, I think he'd like to go eight men and and. Uh, and sort it out from there. But, you know, I think it's going to be closer to a nine-man rotation down the stretch. Ben Roberts with us at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter, Kentucky.com, slash sports for everything at the Herald Leader. Ugana Nienso has 10 blocks in a game at Rupp. It's the first time uh, that that's happened. There are lots of records at Rupp this year, Ben. How about that? Uh, the yeah. <laughs> I don't want to over-dramatize 10 blocks, but it is something pretty exceptional. I remember at one point in the game, uh, my, my seven-year-old needed help with something. I got up. I'm not, I'm not kidding. For like 90 seconds, I came back. He had two more blocks. It was just <laughs> one of those games. Um, it, just your time around Kentucky, How? where does that stand out as just a, an exceptional performance? Because it was like every time he would get a block, I think, damn, that's another block. Like it just it felt it felt 
like a lot. I I don't know. It just felt really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I don't think anything will match. Um, and I mean, he's got some time, so maybe he will. But that Nerlens Noel game uh, against Ole Miss yeah. was just comical <laughs> uh, because the way he was blocking shots, and then the way toward the end uh, that that Ole Miss players would just dribble down yeah. there and then see him and just literally the other turn way, around right? like a cartoon <laughs> character, yeah, and dribble right back out to the perimeter. So it was it was funny to watch. Um, <laughs> you know, I it, but it, you know it was impressive, and it's especially impressive. I mean, we've talked about all the missed time that Ugo, you know, from July to to, to November, um, December, really. Uh, he had no developmental time, and this was a guy who, on this roster, maybe the guy who needed the most uh, time on the court of anybody on the team over that span. So, um, and I know, you know, a lot of that, you know, he, he had a lot of those defensive instincts coming in, uh, but if you don't play basketball at all for – for what five months, uh, and you're already young, and you're already inexperienced. Uh, that that really puts you behind. So the fact that he's been able to come in and play as well as he has uh, defensively has been has been really impressive. And you know, anybody who's been around him, he's such a smart guy, such a funny guy. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that that uh, you know you you like to see do well, just because you know how hard he's worked and. Uh, uh, how, how good a guy he seems to be. Uh, it feels like every week I ask you an injury question, so why not keep that tradition going? How is Trey Mitchell doing? Yeah, they were off uh, yesterday. Okay. have not practiced yet today. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see on that. It, uh, it, it didn't look good at the time, obviously. I mean, he didn't – he seemed like he wanted to stay in the game. He kind of went back to the other end of the court away from Cal like he wanted to stay in, but he also was not moving his shoulder at all. Correct, yeah. Um, I don't want to – you know, I don't really want to speculate on what it was, but uh, – Oh, no, we all it, saw it. It's okay. Yeah, no, we all saw the yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it, it looked like a separation to me. No question. Uh, the way he was holding it and the way I've seen other basketball players – um, you know, walk off like that, um, and then the, obviously the you know they're going to be extra precautious, but didn't come back to the bench the entire second half and, and went off to get X-rays as Cal said. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll check around some more today, and um, you know they again anybody who watched that game last night they they need him, they need everybody uh, for Saturday. Yeah, no, Auburn looks super impressive. We'll get to them in a second. Ben Roberts with us from the Lexington Herald Leader with with that. What do I want to ask here? Just just the glue part of this team, because you you know we keep saying the glue part. A real, I mean, frankly, the other night they had nine guys play thirteen or more minutes, right? So I mean, just a, a real. He's it, it, I don't want to say he's still trying to figure out the rotation, but obviously with Mitchell going down, he had to really mix up lineups and those sorts of things. What what do we make of Justin Edwards and Aaron Bradshaw at this point? It, it, have, do you think they're at a point where Cal looks at them and just says, "Look." I know we're cutting your minutes and we're cutting your your contributions, but trust me, you're gonna get drafted in the first round anyway. Is it that kind of conversation you think, or is it is there something else going on with those guys? Yeah, I mean, if you look at these recent boards, I don't and, and talking to you know some of the NBA scout types, I don't know that it's any given that that either of those guys would would be drafted in the first round right now. Um, and I don't know what you do there. And you, you can't just sit them. I know a lot of fans just don't want them to play as much. But, I mean, you saw what Justin Edwards did at the beginning of that Ole Miss game offensively. And, and you just wonder, you know, where where is that? 
the the rest of the game. And it seems like, you know, that's not the first time that's happened where he's had a huge yeah. spurt like that, and you're thinking, oh, this is the game where Justin Edwards scores 25 points. Um, and then he, he ends up with basically the same number that he had at the end of that spurt. Uh, and then with Aaron Bradshaw, you also, you know, I, I, I we, you know, we've talked about it. I think his pin game was so phenomenal and then it kind of realigned expectations that had already been previously realigned. Mm-hmm. And then you, you got to come back down from that. So uh, with Aaron, I, I think coming in, this is probably what people should have expected that, that he needed a lot like Ugana. He needed a lot more room for development and he didn't get it. Uh, so really anything you got was going to be a plus. And then his, his best basketball is way, way down the line. Um, but again, both those guys—they're so there aren't many guys like that in the country. So you can't just send them over on the bench if you're trying to make a run in March. You have to keep playing them, and you have to hope that you get something that that there, that spark happens at some point. Um, because I don't think you know you cut those two guys out of the rotation or you you severely limit their minutes. Uh, I don't think what you have left from that is unless you get really really lucky in some games is a is a Final Four team. Ben Roberts with us. He's presented by our friends at Martini Italian Bistro. Great lunch spot. You should go check it out today, martinilouisville.com. Um, <laughs> Auburn's favored by 10 in the Ken Palm. And, and yeah. this is one of the themes, of course, you and I have been talking, believe it or not, we're coming up on two years of conversations, Ben, um, for a while. And one of the themes of it is that the SEC is just better than it was uh, when you were in school, when I was in school, et cetera. It's just, it's just better. It's okay to say out loud. Um is Auburn an especially bad matchup, or are we doing the thing we did last year where, oh, no, there's no point guard, they can't go win at Arkansas? Is Are we doing that, or is it this is actually a bad matchup? No, I mean, that Arkansas team was talented, but it was, it was very flawed. Um, this Auburn team, I mean, they can lose. They've obviously lost the games, sure. but, but their record over the last few years uh, at home is unbelievable. The environment, if if people have watched some of their home games this season, is is unbelievable, and it's going to be insane on Saturday. It's going to be like nothing this Kentucky team has faced, and they've they've faced some really really good road crowds. Uh, and just the way that they, I mean, last night was a, I mean, last night was a great example of everything. But just the way that they can come at you with so many different guys at so many different points in the game. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, they, they've got they got ten guys averaging over averaging about fifteen minutes a game, I think, and I don't think anybody's averaging twenty five minutes a game. That's how deep um, and how consistent they are with, with just playing a ton of different guys, and and they all have their roles. They all can score for the most part. They 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 do get down and get those fifty fifty balls and battle for rebounds and, and play really really good defense. So, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, it's going to be a tough one. You know, you never want to say if you're Kentucky basketball, you just want to get out of there and have have everybody as healthy as they were when they came in and then move on to the next one. But if there's a game on the schedule this season where you're going to say that, this is the one. Yeah, Auburn – home win against Alabama, then they go to Florida and lose by 16. Then obviously yeah. they beat a... And we're down huge in yeah, that one. Huge, than that. Way worse than 16. Yeah, and then they went by 40 last night. Uh, maybe they're like the uh, the claiming horse at Keeneland uh, and you, uh, <laughs> you catch them every other race. Maybe Kentucky will get lucky on Saturday. There you go. Alright, time for our culture segment of the show. Um, so they have found a, uh, a very large structure in the Baltic Sea 
Ben. And they have determined that it was not created by nature. It was created by humans. And so one of the favorite uh, conspiracy theories or, you know, if people get into these sorts of things is, oh, the pyramids are a lot older than they are. These kinds of is Ben Roberts at all a conspiracy theorist. And what's your favorite one? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I like I at least like to read, uh, you know, the background behind some of these conspiracies. You know that the Martians yeah. built the pyramids, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read about the Baltic Sea thing. I'm going to have to. I'll forward it to you. I'm going to have to waste some time uh, yeah. googling that this afternoon. Probably maybe do one last story. Um, it wasn't like a monolith or anything. What's going on down there? It's a good one, actually. Uh, no, it's just a, it's a very large structure, and it's a it's a. Um, they, they literally refer to it as a mega structure. And when you look at it, they they've got a. Um, a 3D model of it, and it looks like someone is trying to build a sea, uh, build a city. Excuse me, eleven thousand years ago. Wow! So, uh, very interesting sort of thing. It's a uh, researchers from the Kiel University in Germany. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's it's a good article actually. Um, okay. Uh, culture items for you, my friend. It's National Gumdrop Day. I don't like gumdrops. Do you have a Do you have a candy that's unpopular that you do like? Like I like black licorice. That I do like. Yeah, I like black uh, licorice, what? for example, and I know that's an unpopular. Opinion. Yeah, I, I hate that. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there you I, perfect, I, I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind candy corn. I there, okay, there you go. I hate candy, candy corn. corn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, well, candy corn's a good one. And the last one is tomorrow is National Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Uh, ben, do you think of yourself as a grouch? Um, often during the basketball season, yes. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that you find yourself being a Grinch about? I'm kind of a Grinch about Halloween for no reason. Uh, no, I don't, I don't mind Halloween. Okay, um, All right, good. All right, let's go. No, just 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 <laughs> random menial everyday tasks. That is, is mostly really any really about this time of year. Really, just about anything. Um, just the weather's weird idea. Yeah, right. Set me into grouch mode. Yeah. There you go. I um, I'll let you out of here on this. Does Ben do anything for Lent? Uh, no, that's setting yourself up for failure, I think, <laughs> at least in my case. He's Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. And of course, you can find him at Kentucky.com slash sports. Are you traveling to Auburn for this one? Oh, yeah. I'll be, oh, uh, I'm jealous I'll, of that. I'll that's awesome. Man. Yep. I was just looking. Uh, courtside seats are going for $1,100, and the get-in price is over $300. Wow! So that's gonna that place is gonna be awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you at least get to go do that. So Maybe there you I go. Could sell my press pass. I don't think that... no one's listening. So you should definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. There you go. Well, he's Ben I'm Roberts. Not do that. Okay. <laughs> Safe travels, Ben. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have All right. a good one. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you. There you go. Selling up press credentials. His name is Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL uh, on Twitter. Uh, Kentucky.com slash sports and of course our friends out at Martini Italian Bistro Martini Louisville dot uh, com great uh, partners here uh, of Rabo and Co so the tickets are that much oh yeah that's, oh. that's so funny because the BC Louisville game was two dollars yeah, yeah. so remember too Tanner and you bring up a great point by the way they they had a bad football season right so they go six and six in football so the the excitement around that wanes and then when you get a good basketball season after that at some point fans don't care what you're good at as long as you're good at something and i think we're finding that out uh with auburn uh someone brought up an interesting point on the text line and i want to talk about it next it's about the ohio state coaching opening we're going to do that next here on rabo and co i'm louis rabo alongside tanner i'm not saying his last name at some point today tanner we need to have a conversation about your first name because it bothers me and we should do this on air rather than behind the scenes we'll do it next here espn 680 1057 Tired of jumping from job to job? 
How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. It is Rabo and Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. I am Louis Rabo at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find the station at ESPN 680. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. So if you're new to the show, thanks for finding us. You can find Ben's interview. If you ever miss any part of our shows, you can go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com. Also, just a bunch of good stuff there. You can always check us out on our app as well. Uh, Cost you nothing. It's got all of our programming, and you're uh, guaranteed a very, very good feed uh, on there as well. A reminder, some programming as well. Uh, going around here at the station, Louisville basketball on the men's side, back in action Saturday uh, at 6.30. The pregame coverage, uh, the Alex White Network coverage, will start at 5 o'clock. They're taking on Pittsburgh in Pitt uh, after the broadcast Coors Light postgame show with our guy Taylor Lynch. He will be shirtless. Um, and then Friday... Uh, Louisville baseball playing Indiana State. That'll be at 11.50 noon first pitch there on 93.9 The Ville, which is fun. And then we'll have manual basketball versus mail at 6.80 Friday night at 7 p.m. right here on 6.80.1057. Wanted to pub that one because I know that's a game uh, with a lot of local interest. And, of course, we'll have a bunch of NBA All-Star uh, coverage over the weekend as well. So if you are driving around, we got you covered here uh, at ESPN 6.80.1057. I opened the show talking Big Ten commissioner talk about the TV deals, the CFP expanding, these kinds of things. I'm going to reopen the 11 o'clock hour with Jay Davis talking about that because I do think it affects the U L coaching search now that Ohio State is open. And I want to talk about the changing landscape and how those two things are now intertwined, whether we want them to be or not. Texter asking me, oh, Texter, I'm a Grinch about Valentine's Day. Stupid couples and their happiness is a good text. He follows it immediately with. Louis, has everyone around here uh, been collectively mind-raided into thinking that the better offense and a couple wins over some bum teams is progress being made? It's amazing how the standard has been lowered. The answer to that is yes. Um, And it is just what is... The answer to that is yes. Now, I think there are a lot of people that haven't lowered the standard. It's one of the things I appreciate the most about the fan bases around here is that a lot of people look at what's happening at the Yum Center and are completely disgusted, as they should be. And people watch what Cal's doing with a team with seven, eight, nine NBA guys this year, and they're disgusted by it, as they should be. I think those are reasonable reactions to those two situations because the standards are not getting lowered because people around here, they, <laughs> they know how good it could be. They just do. And they're not going to deal with the crap uh, that they're seeing this year in some of these games. Saturday, Auburn's going to be an interesting one, though, Tanner. It's just a – it's going to be raucous. It's going to be wild. Those are also the kinds of environments once in a while, though, you can catch a home team a little too out of control, especially early in the game. If you can be level-headed, if you can keep it on an even footing and make it a, a nervous place, right? It's People at pay Auburn, to, right? It's at Auburn. Yeah, yeah. But just to make it a nervous place. Make it a game – 
where there's nervous energy in the building. On Tuesday, when I was with on with James and with uh, with Anna, I talked about what they didn't need to do against Ole Miss was have this be a close game in the second half. Where after three straight losses at Rupp, you have this moment of oh crap, here we go again. You don't want that moment. Now they did a good job. I think the closest you got in the second half was like seven, maybe nine against Ole Miss. So they did a good job the other night of avoiding that moment. But you can create that moment for Auburn this weekend, and this is an incredible opportunity you have at Auburn as a win on your resume. It's, it's incredible. And by the way, the flip side is awesome, too. Because if you lose at Auburn, no one goes, you lost at Auburn? How did you do that? No one's going to ask that. So this is, frankly, maybe I'm lowering expectations. Maybe this is exactly what the, the text are talking about. But it does feel like free money on Saturday for, for Kentucky, which is pretty wild to say. Uh, text are pointing out that Auburn students literally walked out of the game last night against South Carolina and started camping for, South, for Kentucky. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the stuff about, about college that I wish you could kind of express to people that didn't get to go away to college, that you do those silly things. I camped out for ice hockey season tickets, this kind of stuff at Michigan State. You know, the stuff, the silly stuff you get to do with your buddies and hang out and, you know, whatever else, and it's cold and it's you shouldn't do it, but you do because you're 19 and 21 and it's, whatever else. It's and, the type of thing that, like, someone that didn't go to college, like, yeah, oh, that sounds stupid. It's like, oh, yeah, it was yeah, stupid, it was but stupid. I had exactly fun. Right. I had fun exactly. doing it. You can't describe why it's fun, but it is. And, uh, and no, so it's that kind of moment and so no that's cool but that's great that's what this is supposed to be and it's it is one of the great developments in sports since you know i moved to the area is that the sec gives a damn about basketball it makes it better especially now that they're gonna have all this money (laughs) even more it's good that they're spending money on basketball it's better for all of us that enjoy the sport for them to have better teams as well what what year did you think like sec like started really like taking it's it's a great question it's about a decade ago already because like yeah it's already a decade growing up like uk that was it that was it that's right 100 percent. now we have bama well florida florida was good they had their two teams in the 2000s yeah true but really it started to spread after that right because kentucky wins the title five six years later after the second florida team but that was lightning in a bottle that set of players billy donovan just it all really worked really well they convinced all those guys to come back and it didn't fail it's an interesting part of sport tanner that usually you cannot just run it back and do it again you have to change something something about you have to get better in sport you can't just maintain but florida was able to run it back same dudes i mean now it's a good set of dudes i mean that was a great team and a great coach but yeah i i think it was essentially right around then when other people saw that that florida could do it and that was a place you got to remember. I mean, Steve Spurrier had dominated that place. That was during the Tebow era, right? Tebow was there. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, they were Urban Myers down there. I mean, they're they're going on the football side. I mean, they are rolling. The Florida you think of that orange, that blue, they were rolling on the football side, and then they figured it out uh, on uh, the uh, on the uh, on the basketball side as well. Texter, I think KP could get a couple of zero or two star JUCO guys and turn this thing around in six to eight years. That sounds about the right timeline except that he's got a bunch of five stars right now that's the funny part of this is is that's the the general thinking and i'm not i hate on this guy but it's um it is man it just cl crushing me uh we'll get into it with jay davis uh, at 11 the the ohio state opening does it affect U of L? and i want to have a conversation about that um that thing and it's uh now coming out Tanner, I have great news, and I hope you're sitting down for this. And this is just for radio that I say I hope, I'm hoping you're sitting down. EA Sports has made an official NCAA football 2025 Twitter account. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You understand me, people? You understand me? 
Say something good. Do not text me during <laughs> the summer. I will be on my couch unavailable. playing all the time. Louisville's going to win seven national titles this summer at, at your house, right? I'm going to I'm going to rebuild Louisville and then go to like Rockers and rebuild them. My son. So we we had a uh, my, my son had to go to a birthday party this week and he wanted to buy a V bucks. I have no idea how in tune with the with the youngs you are. Do you feel older and older when I tell these stories? I'm sure you do. I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> I don't understand. Right there it is. Why. Oh no, there it is. So I guess that. So my kids play Minecraft. That's for. Oh man, the other one, Roblox. That's a Roblox. Roblox. Uh, yeah, that's for Fortnite. Roblox. Okay, well, I think someone. And there's dads listening. Correct me if you need to. Four three seven nine six eighty. And we get there, and our kids have a couple of gaming machines. We have a PS4. We have a uh, a Wii and we have a Switch. Okay, and I'm bragging a little. I apologize. This is a, a very very mid brag that's about to happen. I've set up our basement for the kids to have the PS4 in one area, then the Switch in one area, and then the Wii has its own spot because you need to be able to move, right? So they've got the different gaming areas. So when the when the neighborhood shows up at our house and everyone runs into the basement, there's plenty of gaming for everybody. Uh, they also have like a Papa Shaw. We've got air hockey. Uh, there's a ping pong table in the basement. It's very cool. So, and yes, it's a big basement. But we were there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let my kid, you know, with my son, I'm like, well, you've got Madden and you've got MLB The Show and you enjoy those games. He plays, you know, I'm a FIFA guy, so he plays FIFA once in a while. And he goes, yeah, but I don't have a basketball game. Oh, okay. Right, you want to get NBA Live or whatever? You want to get this? Yeah, okay. So he, gra- he grabs one, right? And I'm a Detroit guy, so he plays as the Pistons. And he wins. And he goes, man, Dad, the Pistons are pretty good in the video game. And I go, yeah, that's why you play video games. So the Pistons can win the title. That's why you play the video game, so your your Cardinals can win the title seven times this summer. Yes. That's why you get the game. That's exactly well, what Shout it is. out your son, because now the city of Detroit gets free. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Fortnite. Wings. It's Fortnite yeah, V-Bucks. Fortnite's Darn got it. the V-Bucks. Thank you, Texter. Yes, 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 yes. Fortnite V-Bucks. It's Robux and V-Bucks for Fortnite, not F Bucks, which is probably the good work by them to not call them F Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> what do you buy with F Bucks? Four three seven nine six eighty. Oh man! Thanks to Ben Roberts uh, in the previous segment. I, the only thing he said that was interesting, um, or that stood out, I should say, is it is interesting. I mean, these texters texting in about the oh man, just the. That whatever that standard is or what it's, it should be. And then the other part is the injury side of it, right? Where we are at the we're at the point where they're just gonna have to figure out you know what that rotation looks like and just go with it because he can't play nine guys double digit minutes long term. That's just not cow ball. It's not how he operates. Well, maybe maybe it's different this year, I don't know, but it, it is what it is. Um, Texts are asking about uh, Nate Oates on the U of L side buyout down to seven mil uh, in March should be affordable if we're still a big boy program. Uh, it's the the coaching thing. I I am not fully switched mentally into that conversation, but I would absolutely have Nate Oates in any kind of buyout under ten million on my on my radar for sure. Um, Texts are asking, is that the we I scanned off of Mitch? How about this? I had to. Get another Wii to replace that Wii because we had a lightning strike that took out a Wii previously. How about that? So I've got a new uh, surge protector on the gaming area because of that. <laughs> I learned something. How about that? I learned something, uh, if you will. Texture, my kids play Minecraft and can't help but think, damn, I, I had an Atari with better graphics than this game. Is a good text. 
it is amazing how simple the graphics are on that game, but how complex the overall game is itself. And my oldest son, I talked about it openly on the air before, is, is very autistic, but he loves Minecraft. And he really does build things. He really searches things out. He, for him, puts himself in, in uncomfortable situations, those kinds of things. But uh, it's a great game for a kid like him. So hopefully uh, other people, uh, their kids are, are locking in on that as well. We'll take a break here. We'll get Jay Davis in here. He is presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L-A-N-A sports.com. You can find them online. Use our code ABA20 to get all of your favorite ABA gear for 20% off. It's only available through Jay, so make sure you check out Lana Sports, L-A-N-A sports.com. It's actually the only thing I didn't like about the injury excuses is, oh, so you only have seven NBA players left. Is the proper take. Is the proper take. And by the way, Trey Mitchell, not one of the NBA guys. <laughs> He's just a glue guy. Oh, man. All right, Jay Davis, we talk to him next. Here, Roboco, ESPN 680, 105.7.